Media Day with the one and only infamous Ty. He is blessed to be here because it's 2023. It is a new year. Definitely. Yo, man, you went and took too much sauce from something that was just a moniker amongst a small circle of individuals that were performing to a viral sensation. Um, how are you feeling about that? Um, I feel good that it's finally going in the right direction that it's supposed to go. Um, there's a little more things I want to add and keep the, um, the needle going. But once I put the small pieces together, it's, it's going to take over. Then most definitely. It's all about the small steps. You got to crawl before you walk and walk before you run. So it's getting there. What has the last couple of years looked like for you as an artist? Um, Last couple of years, it was it was... Phenomenal moments from um, having a radio spin on Hot 97, having a billboard in Times Square, being on the magazine, um, doing tours outside of New York. Um, we did a rhythm, rhythm and rock tour with Rock View and Daylight. We covered like two cities. And past few years, it's been good. It could have been better, but I'm definitely blessed and I'm definitely appreciative of the opportunities that was presented to me the past few years. For those that don't really know about you, right? Because we have a whole, you know, many different audiences. Uh -huh. Who is Infamous Ty and how did you get here right now? Infamous Ty is a versatile all-around artist. He's an artist that tells a story, paints a picture to your perspective or to anyone's perspective. Um, how did I got here? I got here through trials and tribulations. I got here through trial and error. I got here through, you know, being in the trenches and, you know, being surrounded with other artists who either is on the same level above me, below me, whatever the situation may be. And just praying to my ancestors and just grinding hard, keep working, keep investing, keep networking. And I'm here. Everything else is history. <laughs> what do you feel as an artist, right? Because I... I feel like before the pandemic and after the pandemic, being an artist became two different things. Mm -hmm. um, what have you learned prior to the pandemic that helped you in your artistry right now? Um, before the pandemic, what I've learned, I've learned is to um, network, learn to be outside, be at um, showcases. Not every showcase, unfortunately. I, but um, credible showcases that has credible people and spread your name around, get to get the word around, things of that nature. Um, after the pandemic, is much more social media, TikTok reels, Instagram reels. So everything is all viral because, you know, everybody's staying inside the house and nobody's not really outside like that during lockdown. So it's much more, you know, posting the best content with like whatever song you got or whatever song that's pushing try to create as much content as possible around that um song and push it out to the media and to the masses do you feel like tiktok and all of these new trends kind of ruin marketing for artists because sometimes people don't want to do the dances sometimes people don't want to be in the videos 
Um, I wouldn't say it ruined it, but I'll say it evolved because. CDs when when rappers was rapping they like the DVDs and then it evolved to um social media with Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, Apple, and then it keeps evolving to TikTok, Snapchat. So in a way it evolves for artists in a good way because it's another outlet for us to promote our music, promote our content, merch, whatever we got that we want to promote to the market. So I feel that it it evolved in a in a good way. So you currently have time with DGMG. Uh-huh. Um, how has that been working for you as an artist, and how do you involved with them? Um, I've been known GGMG for a while. I've been known them since 2014. Um, at a event that I did with another promoter years ago, and we had reconnected about 2016, 17-ish, and I've just been consistent doing showcases on gem and diamonds platform and they saw they saw the consistency they saw the growth and they wanted to work with me as an artist so being that i'm underneath them from 2018 until now i've grown a lot from doing not only doing their showcases from you know learning about marketing learning about um networking how to introduce yourself to um credible people in the industry and also um evolving as an artist, like posting quality pitches on social media and not just personal things. And if you're gonna have personal things, I have a personal Instagram for that. So I keep, so those things I've learned from, from Gem and Diamond to, you know, keep my social media clean as possible, um, make it look presentable, have professional photos as well, things of that nature. So all of that helped me evolve as an artist till this day. Who were your inspirations? I know you, you knew that generic question was coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, inspirations. I mean, I know, I know, I'm yes, um, pretty cool, but I, I don't count as one. I'm just saying. Um, a lot of people inspire me. I'll say Tupac, Biggie, Jay Z in a way, um, Fifty Cent, Lloyd Banks, Cassidy, Fabulous, Vital, Uncle Murder, French Montana, um. A lot of old age guys, um, Kanye West. With Kanye now? Nah, <laughs> nah, nah. Donde, um, Con- uh, Donde Kanye or high school dropout Kanye? High, high school dropout Kanye. Okay. High school dropout Kanye. Um, Ace Hood, Chinks, God Rest the Dead Chinks, um, Ludacris. A um, couple more people that influenced me in a good way, I should say. Yeah. So out of all of those, and you had to do a cipher during Super Bowl, who are you doing a cipher with? <laughs> Damn, that's a hard one. <laughs> that's a hard one. I mean, you, you thought I was going to let you off that easy? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, It depends how many people I'm having in that cipher. Six people. Damn. That's hard. That And the sixth person is yourself, so you got to choose five. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right, so it'll be myself. Um, dead or alive, right? Doesn't matter. Yeah. It don't matter. All right. Myself, Biggie, um, and to make it interesting, who are the teams playing that Super Bowl? 
So it'd be myself, Biggie, Luda, Ludacris. Okay, three. Um, fabulous. Four. Um, damn, this is I always get stuck in these ones because it's always the ones that you won't pick, and then and then the ones you gotta leave as a wild card. So I'll say I'll say Louis Banks. Okay. And I'll say Cassidy. That'll be my six. In that, in very that. well rounded too. Like, yeah. And I noticed, thank God, you didn't say like. I mean, there's some drill songs I'll fuck with. Yeah. But I'm not like I. I'm not with it. I'm not. Um. So, in a world full of drill artists, right? How mm. are you fitting in within all this? Um. I'm to be honest with you, I'm not really a fan of drill. I respect the um the new era of music because you know they they're getting money and they you know doing all these dances and going viral. Um, it's a new wave, but it's not really like my sound or my style of music. I have no problem doing a drill record. I've been considering doing drill records, but it's not really my style and thing. Even though that's their lane and that's their genre and it's and it has its own market. And I salute all the drill artists for doing their thing, mainstream, independent. They do anything, but it's just not really my style. Do you see some type of renaissance happening where we can get a mix of the old school back with what we have now? Because I know there's a lot of people who sit in the same sentiments as you, not really feeling drill in hip hop, but hip hop is kind of taking like a weird turn. Um, I would say hip hop is, is definitely evolving. Um, I wouldn't say it's dead. It, I would say it's evolving. But to answer the question, it can happen. But the only downfall is you have some you have some fans of hip hop, and then there's some artists in hip hop who did their thing, won the platinum plaques back in the '80s and '90s, and they feel that you know whatever they did in the '80s and the '90s the new guys should, you know, keep the momentum going from what they're doing, but they, they got to understand it's a new time. It's a new age. So whatever they did back then doesn't really apply to now. You understand? <laughs> Times has changed. Things has changed. So it can happen, but it's just a matter of bridging the gap. You understand? So how does that happen? Right? Cause even as media, we say, how do we bridge that gap? So there is that happy medium. Um, my suggestion for the older 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 generation of rap artists i i do feel that they need to embrace the new artists coach them and guide them that's the only way it can happen so embracing for, them so for you that's in the boom bap aggressive let me get in my backpack do you see yourself teaching these hey let's drill gang gang do some dances yeah i have no problem embracing the new guys that's coming up i have no problem coaching them guiding them advising them whenever the time has come i have no problem doing that does it seem weird that there are going to be people that are a little infamous size and little ivy so one day about to bounce around and we're going to be sitting there like old heads um i'll laugh at it but it'll be dope it'll be dope it'll be dope i'm still not ready to see that though i'm not even gonna lie to you i'm not 
Why not? <laughs> you know, it still feels like yesterday that it was 2016 to me. Like, it feels like yesterday we're doing SP Theater or in Red Door and all of that stuff, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Brooklyn Colony. Mm -hmm. So it's just weird to think that it was five years since Brooklyn Colony. Correct. You know, so to see younger, more amped up versions of us popping around, like damn. I mean, they get in, they definitely do get inspired by you know what they see on TV, and I'm not gonna lie, we all have been have we all have gotten some sort of inspiration when it comes to seeing things on TV. We may see, you know, artists flash a quarter million dollar jewelry on their neck, or they may drive a two million dollar Bentley or whatever, and we get inspired by things like those, and you know, and the the talent that we have we feel that we're, the impression that we as carry as entertainers we feel that we can take it to the next level or we could be on the same level as as the artists like the 50 cents the Lil wayne's the french montana's things of that nature yeah it can happen but you know sometimes some people do get discouraged because you know it's like some people will be like, okay, I've been rapping for so long. How come I'm not being noticed? Well, um, that's the common problem we see, right? Mm. Half of us are like, yeah, it's about the music. And then half are, no, it's about the business. And then some people just don't know how to match both. Well, it's an order way, in my opinion, for mm -hmm. an artist to be go viral or see success, they got to have a combination of both. Because there is artists who their music suck, but their business is totally on point. And then there's some artists who's very talented, but you never hear from them. You understand? So if an artist could have a combination of both, like I will say Drake, for example, which Drake, gonna, in my opinion, going to be around for a very long time, they can it can happen. Can definitely happen. So I gotta ask, right? Because Drake's last album was a hit or miss with a lot of people because it was EDM. How did you feel about it? Um, it's a new. Well, EDM technically has been around for a while. No, and of course. It has its own. It has its own demographic and its own market. So for him to reach in a total different demographic and a total different market is definitely a plus for him. So we may not like it because we're so used to a typical sound or a typical demographic or whatever but if i'm thinking long term as an investor if i'm managing drake and i'm booking drake to do shows in in, in russia or in germany that's like heavily involving edm i know for a fact drake is going to sell out that arena he's going to sell out that crowd and he don't have to like put out any any more albums if he wants to he don't have to but and for that particular album if he tours overseas he's definitely going to make money off of that just off of that album that's how i think as a like if i was a, a businessman and investor he can definitely make money like that so i was around this wicked street um and i personally seen you change and become more professional in how you present yourself and I've seen you how you've also progressed as a lyricist, but a lot of people 
or even ourselves, right? We don't know unless we take the time. How do you feel you've progressed since from Wicked Street all the way to Massage to what you're currently doing right now? Um, It's just practicing before I go into the studio, practicing on on the takes, um, the deliveries, the flow, the sound. Um, it went from, let's say I'm doing a showcase competition and the judge is judging my performance and judging the music. I will take all the criticism, any auditions I've been doing, I take all the criticisms. So even if it's bad, cause I know artists are very temper, I don't want to say temperamental, <laughs> but you know for a fact yeah. that if you say my, if you say my shit sucks, I'm going to want to smack you. Um, in your head, you know, you want to smack. Maybe and maybe in that in that situation, depending on the person and how their how their energy is gravitated towards me, but I really don't really take it personal because I received I definitely did receive criticism from both of my strongest records, and and I get it music the music that I put out is not for everybody. I do understand that I'm pretty much well aware of that, and I'm also well aware of um, the music that I do put out can either be a hit or a miss. So even though I may feel it's a hit record, but the people have to determine that. The people have to determine what is a hit record or how does that record gravitate to them or how does that record relate to them message-wise or how am I painting the, the picture towards them. So in terms of criticism, um, um, I take all criticism, I listen to it, and I embrace it, and I go back to the drawing board, and I just get better and better. Like every showcase that I do, I look back at the performances and I look at where I trip up and the next showcase, where there's a bigger, small showcase, I just get better and better and better. And that's it. It's all about practicing. Yeah. But how do you feel you, so I hear the technical stuff on how you did better, but how do you feel you've improved as a person, as an artist from that time? It's all about listening. That's it. So you become a better listener? It's all about listening because, you know, whoever is critiquing you, um, whether it's a media person or someone who's an A&R or an investor, they they know what they're saying because obviously they've been in the game for so long and they have connections to whoever they're connected to. So it's all about listening. You know, God blessed us with two ears and one mouth. So it's best to listen twice and speak once to sum it up. So I listen. I embrace it. Um, sometimes I may or may not agree with what they're saying, but you know, if that's how they feel at the moment, that yo, this is what you need to do, this is what you need to work on, things of that nature, then all right, I'll take it into account. Um, if I hear the message over and over again, the same message but from different people, then it's like, okay, it's time to really work on something. Like, prime example, I've been hearing about the show tracks, like performing at showcases where they say artists got to have a performance track so i was like what is it so they broke it down what is a performance track the verse is blank you keep the ad-libs in the background and and then the hook stays so when i'm hearing it from numerous people i'm like okay maybe they really are saying something so then i was like okay let me try the performance track and i try to memorize the lyrics as far as the stage president it's got much better because yeah, now. you take command of your thing because I saw y'all yeah. rocking for the holidays. Y'all like, oh, <laughs> this isn't the too much song. Right? See, I was like, yeah. oh, okay, can I do you? 
Do yeah. you? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Definitely. So it's like I take I take account of where a lot of things people say, and I'm like, okay, let me give it a try because I don't know how it's gonna work out. But ever since then, every showcase I do is all performance tracks, regardless of the sound system, regardless if there's technical difficulties or the mic give up. You gotta hear my voice. Cause I don't I used to do MP3s, I used to do all of that, and it's like okay. If I'm look, listening it from a fan's perspective, I don't know if I'm listening to the artist or listening to the MP3. You know, so true. That's very true. So my final question for you, love, right? Yeah. What legacy do you look to leave um, within the next few years? Mm, that's a good question. Um, an infamous legacy. The reason why I say infamous legacy. Um, the word infamous itself um, is meaning being notorious or having a bad reputation. So you can be infamous for having for doing good things. It's all about your perspective and how you and how you put put things into light. So prime example, um, Martin Luther King. He's infamous for the civil rights movement. Yeah, you understand. You don't have to be you don't have to be a notorious drug lord. You don't have to be uh the next osama bin laden you can you can have you can be infamous for doing good things and leaving and having a good legacy behind so in order for me to have a good legacy behind is just making impactful music um making leaving messages behind because what i've noticed with music there's a it's a lot of people feel that it's oversaturated because there's a lot of artists and nobody's not doing things different what i'm doing i'm doing the merch i'm leaving things behind so people can get a, a a memory for you know because with merch lasts forever music music does in a way depending on the artists and yeah. how 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 strong the record is but the merch really lasts forever so that's the legacy i want to live by leaving something behind um with the merch leaving something behind with the music um leaving something behind just by my character and my personality so you know when they see an advertisement that's run similar similar to one of my records. First thing they'll think of is infamous top, you know. So, thank you so much for sitting on show. Although so it was much. brief, we learned so much about you, and so did our listeners and our viewers here at Rawzone Media and, of course, TitanTheRap.com. Where can they find you? Social media: Instagram, infamous underscore underscore Ty. Um, Facebook: Ty Lifcott. That's my personal page, Twitter, infamous underscore Ty underscore GRE, infamous Ty on all social media platforms. Make sure y'all go get the new album, Infamous Diaries, Volume 1, that's out now. The warm-up three is coming soon, so and make sure. don't tune in, you <laughs> I'm bringing that back in 2023, so we're going to start having people recruit, like, who's a dub, and you're going to nominate them, and we're going to talk Me? To you. No, like, in general, like, <laughs> Is gonna nominate who's who's a dub, and then when you can put them on blast, kind of like Donk the other day. Oh, no, no. <laughs> have people okay. submit it. Like, yo, this person got a problem with you, so this is why. Okay. But um, it's your homegirl Ivy. We are here, Press Play Media Day, courtesy of www.tightenthewrap.com and Rawzone Media, www.rawzonenyc.com. You can follow the Titan of Rap himself on Instagram at Titan of Rap. 
you can follow me at imiv.exo underscore and of course at rawzonenyc and at ivy productions it's been real shout out to muffin man pictures for all the behind the scenes work you are valued we appreciate you definitely do yeah so we are out with the too much sauce too much sauce Mm -hmm.